Mayfield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. We bring in Reno. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. John Von Tobel is here as the company. It's Steve Cofield. Jared is in for Ari. Much to get to. A lot of NBA. A lot of NBA. John Von Tobel is the uh, the NBA guy, uh, really, in the world. Now, he's one of the uh, top NBA guys when it comes to gambling. He works for VSIN. You can hear him on multiple shows on VSIN uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you guys just put out your betting guide. You which, guys. Well, uh, you and help from a few uh, just put out. <laughs> You could have played team player and just let let it roll and say yes. Uh, all of us contributed. Actually, it's funny. I've been asked about. <laughs> I that did th- it all. I've like, been all asked right. about that thing probably like a hundred times. Yeah. And this is the hundred and first, and this is the first time that I actually did that. Yes, <laughs> I got to right? take some credit it, at it, some point. It slipped out. Yeah. Uh, what is the betting guide? Uh, so it is. Uh, we do it. We've done it every year. This is our fourth year now doing it. Uh, and it is analysis on all thirty teams. It's uh, five hundred fifty words on every single team. Uh, win total recommendations for every single one of them, projected starting lineups, trends for these teams, schedules, scheduling spots, and then uh, other pieces are in the guide too. So like I wrote uh, top three candidates uh, by my measure for every single one of the awards, uh, how to bet futures, the way that I bet futures, uh, strategies, things of that nature, plus predictions. I put 22,227 words into it. So Very nice. I feel proud of it. How do people get it? it. Vsin.com slash subscribe. you got to be a subscriber, but I think it's worth it. Let's talk everything tall this hour. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. I really meant that we're talking everything tall this hour. I'm not tall. John is not. You're a little above average. Jared's a little little, you know, a lot above average. Um, I don't like all things tall. Uh, And you sent over a story that really got me worked up. The tall cat? Yeah. We're not even just the tall cat. It is the world's tallest cat. I figured you'd be down with this. I I love cats. I don't like those tall cats. I don't like those big cats. What, what is the breed? Do you know what it is? Uh, the F2 Savannah cat. I don't like those Savannah cats. Uh, <laughs> they're too big. 18.8 inches tall. And uh, this specific one is the world's tallest living domestic cat. Is it standing on the ground and it's uh, like up to an adult male's shoulder well, with his paws? Yeah, but the, the adult male is on his knees. Okay, that's still pretty tall, though. So you can see, like, it's, you know, it's a tall one. Like, if I wanted a tall cat, I would just get a big dog. No, I mean, because still, the the cat has cat qualities, right? So it's a very tall cat, but it's independent, doesn't bother you, doesn't need affection, kills the You don't know that. You don't know that. There are cats that need a lot of attention, and when one is, like, a 6'5", like this one... There's no snuggling. So there's no hey, curl up on the couch next mm-hmm. to me, little kitty. There's a lot of what the like. How much room are you gonna take? So I tall think I'm guy, gonna, I'm gonna make you feel bad about this. Yeah. Um, he's a tall cat, and it's again, it's world record. Uh, he also loves to uh, help out around his owner's workplace, which he just happens to go and comfort uh, HIV patients and is that shelters right? and stuff like okay, that. Okay, so, so this yeah. this is the rare affectionate tall cat, right? I heard most tall cats are not very affectionate. I'm, yeah, making I'm making that. Yeah, I'm making all this up. I'm just making all this up to yeah. to be anti tall cat. Tall cats are. I'll jerks. I'll take I'll take a pass. You're just so pro cat. I thought you'd be in. Not pro every cat. Not pro Siamese. They're little jerks. Those freaked me out just because I saw. Was it Lady and the Tramp as a kid? The Siamese. If yes, you <laughs> we did that. Song. Yes, <laughs> and I'm. All, you know what? I'm also not pro. Uh, and this is a, a shout out to everyone in Vegas. I'm not pro uh, feral cats running the streets. 
Like we've we've had an explosion in our neighborhood. We actually, I, I'm not going to say we. The SO did a really good job about two years ago calling out um, a service to trap. Like there was a lady uh, down the way who had like 35 cats, and there were a couple of dead cats in her garage. It was sad. Just a couple. They, they they trapped them all. They fixed them. They release them. But now we can see there's like a population. Someone's you know, someone's smushing away in the cat community, and there's a lot of smaller cats. So we got to. You know, you don't want to have that many that unfixed cat. cats running around the neighborhood. That's not it's not healthy, it's not good. God Charles Darwin shook. That's the whole point, man. Number three. I was out. I, we were we were going too long on cats. <laughs> you had a lot of futures in terms of advice for yeah. the NBA. Well you did. You had no well, not advice. Those were bets I made. Yeah, so, these are you, you know. made you you sent over like ten bets. Why are the heat under 49 and a half. I think they got worse. I don't think the market's accounting for that they got worse. P.J. Okay. Tucker's gone. Their bench gets a little worse, too, because uh, Tyler Hero is now part of the starting lineup. So that's a 20-point-per-game scorer that's going to be now starting games, which people would think, oh, what's the big deal? That's just, you know, he's still playing. Well, that is a big deal because now your primary scorers off the bench are Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Victor Oladipo, who, by the way, is not going to play tonight against the Chicago Bulls. So I just think... When you're looking at like a win total like 49 and a half, and it doesn't account for how much worse this team got. And by the way, people forget this. There's divisions still, and their division rival Atlanta got a lot better. Felt like it was worth going under 49 and a half. Pistons over. Oh, love them. They're playing. I, look at. I just I pulled them up right and now. And a half. Pistons. Let's play. Uh, Pistons. Here's the thing. But this is so. I would say, and it's a little late now because the season's starting. You can still shop around though and get and look around. The important part for shopping futures in any market, but specifically for the NBA, because it's kind of wild, wild west esque. These numbers are not as tight. The NFL is super popular. So there's a lot of data. There's a lot of minds and eyes on the National Football League where the preseason numbers are pretty tight across the board. In the NBA, you can get a lot of numbers that are kind of different. So I like to go and shop for off market numbers. That 26 and a half was hung up at Circa. That number's now up to 30. Right, so like that's I thought that was like, hey, you know what? That's pretty off market number. Let's bet that over. I like the Pistons quite a bit too. Anyway, I thought I'd make my own rudimentary win totals. Made it just over thirty one, so I found there was some value and kind of like read the market right because now it's up to twenty nine and a half thirty. The other angle on this one, do they as an organization actually want to go over twenty six and a half, or yes. is there one more year of tanking needed? I think they do. I think their moves tell you that they do. Right, they added Alec Burks, veteran, good guy that can come off their bench when he's healthy. He's not playing tonight. They added Boyan Bogdanovich. They traded for him. Right, so that's a move which they shipped off some bodies to go and get him. Uh, that is some bodies, yeah. which is the way it right. works when other teams decide to tank. Um, so they went and go went and got Bogdanovich. They have a good young core. I like. I think their moves showed you that they're willing to kind of win some games, and they showed it down the stretch last year too. By the way, they didn't send anybody. They didn't try to get their. A draft situation any better? They were eighteen and six against the spread down the stretch. They won ten games. They were solid. Number two. I bought the NBA package, and it was mostly that I was titillated by the price. Good work. Ninety nine, ninety five. I think this is going to work out, unless you said the interface on the NBA package stinks. Uh, but I looked tonight. I was like, wow, okay, seven games. Now I'm not out of here until six o'clock Pacific time. So most of the time, I'm going to be looking for Midwest games, second half, or you know, cozying up with that tall cat. I don't have a tall cat. Uh, but looking for the uh, the late night games, the Pacific games, which is not late night for us. Best game overall that was on the package. I gave you uh, seven options. I'm I'm thinking New Orleans, Brooklyn. Got to be right. Yeah. Like it's high total. It's like there's narratives surrounding both teams. Pelicans are supposed to be really good this year. Zion's back. Ben Simmons is back. Like that's got to be the game you watch tonight. It starts what at five? I think our time. 
Uh, I'm excited to watch it. I don't have anything going, but to watch those two teams go at it, it'll be a lot of fun. By the way, why are you so angry? I saw you tweeting during Monday Night Football. I know you love the NBA, but uh, you, you tweeted out, folks who watch this garbage game. That game was terrible. Chargers and Broncos. I actually really enjoyed the game, but, so, I, but I was also with a Chargers fan. Um, but who watches garbage games from the beginning to the end are going to be the ones tweeting in a few days that the NBA is, quote, unwatchable. Uh, I, well, it wasn't the tone that I was actually going for. Um, but here's the thing. So I watched that entire game. I'm one of those people that watched that game, game from beginning to end. But I'm also not one of those people that will tweet about another sport and be like, oh, this sport's unwatchable. This is terrible. Like, every sport has games which are awful. Yep. And I would say, frankly, and I don't know if maybe this is just like some recency playing in my mind. I will ask you. I think that this year the NFL has stunk. I think these games have not been fun to watch. Like, watching on Sundays have not been as thrilling sitting in books or whatever as they have been in the past. And maybe it's just this year that I'm just realizing, and I think this every single year. But the primetime games have absolutely stunk. Look what we're going to get this week. This week's awful coming up. But you know how it works. And let's just be honest. I say it every single year, and it's going to be said every single year. There's a racial element to the people who sit there and tweet that the NBA is unwatchable. And, of course, they went right into my mentions, including the one dude who said the only people who watch the NBA are inner-city black kids. Like, yes, of course, there's always a racial element to it. It's ridiculous. And that's why I kind of do that every single time, because, like, you don't need to hide it. Just say it. Just dangle a little bit of bait to get yeah. the, uh, the the responses that you get all the time? Yep, of course. It's every single time. And, be, and since I've taken on this job, too, I, look, I enjoy the NBA, but I've become some odd defender of the sport as well because I have it in my bio. It is ridiculous, the flack that these players get, because of that reason. It is asinine. Number one. You tweeted out one of the more incredible videos I've watched in years. I... Can you explain the background on this? Draymond no. Green had about an eight-minute video that was highly produced, and it was basically the story before and after the punch of Jordan Poole. It was bizarre. So it's apparently part of like a documentary series. Oh no! That, that it, but it's oh, not. It's God. not focused on the punch. Which first, like, I was presented to me as a documentary just about that, and I was like, "That's ridiculous." Uh, but apparently, it's following Draymond like during the season. I don't know if it's like throughout the whole season or just the beginning part of it. Here's the thing: produced by Turner to some extent, who Draymond Green does work for on the side. Uh, so it tells you about like this is propaganda for the most part. But it's Draymond Green in like a single camera where you can see the ring light in his eyes. You know how they do that shot. I can see it the whole yeah, time. Right. Yep. And and like just frankly, it's just painting him as some victim who socked Jordan Poole in the face during practice. I was amazed by it. And there's there, in seven minutes, there's so much goodness in this to break down. The beginning of the video starts storytelling this horrific event, but it also it almost feels, you know, I call him Dr. Dre because a couple of years ago, Draymond Green basically tried to explain kinesiology uh, as to why he was kicking players in midair and, you know, knocking guys in the nuts. And, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm an expert on body movement. And so, okay, all right, Dr. Dre. This, I don't know what he was talking about here, but the over explaining of like, hey, when you get in a fight or something terrible happens, these are the stages you go through. It was so infantile. On October 5th, Draymond Green and teammate Jordan Poole got into a verbal altercation during practice. The incident ended with Draymond punching Poole in the face. The situation rocked the sports world and shook the Golden State Warriors to the core. 
Uh, I think in the in the very first few minutes, you're, you're or first few or ten or whatever. I think you're initially upset, you know, uh, pissed off, which which is how you which is why you have the reaction you have. And so I think in the first minutes, just upset, kind of not thinking about much except for what just happened. Is there ever a time when Draymond Green speaks and and then stops and goes, you know what? I'm not an expert on this. <laughs> Maybe I need to consult an expert or bring one on. Because, you know, one of the things that's driven me nuts, and I told you this, we've gone back and forth on Draymond Green. He is one of those people, and I know several, who are an expert on everything. And in the end, you're not. So this elementary explanation, and keep going with this, of of the stages of reaction to punching someone in the face. Like, what are you doing? And then you kind of move to the why, you know, uh, part of the process of why did this happen and walking yourself through why, um, the different things that can get you to why, uh, what took place actually took place. From there, how do you feel about it? And I think that's the natural process that I went through is, okay, now that you process what just happened, now you've processed the why. Now, how do you feel and what do you feel about it? Because everyone still needs to process what happened. That could take time. That could take time. <laughs> like, did he sit on a couch with someone, and is he just repeating it verbatim, or is he just making all of this up? The why takes time to process. It might have been the best seven minutes of video. And then, and then it's like, wait, you were the one who threw the punch. Like, he's, he's speaking like he's looking in on a crazy situation. I'm just trying to give advice to help. All of y'all deal with rough situations. Big 4-4 presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Las Vegas. Call from anywhere in Nevada. 766-1400. Oh, there's more of the video coming. It gets crazier. Come on, Dr. Dre. Keep bringing it. It's Cofield and Company. Live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. NBA kicked off last night. We'll get to the Lakers... And their performance in the 5 o'clock hour. If you're in Reno and you uh, don't get to hear the whole show, you can check it out at LVSportsNetwork.com. Certainly the archives at LVSportsNetwork.com. John Von Tobel is the company. He loves the NBA. I like the NBA, and I want to watch more this year. I, I grabbed the package. It was, what, $100? So uh, hopefully you know, when I have time uh, on the weekends. And unfortunately, when you do uh, West Coast Pacific Time Radio, you lose out on a lot of those 4 o'clock games. Same thing with baseball. So oh, it's just, I mean, it's like just right the, now. the schedule you know, doing – Afternoon drive. Um, it's going to be a weird year in the NBA. And I want to get back to Draymond Green and the Warriors here in a second. But you've got a good portion of the league that has set up a tank. And I wonder who's going to show up to watch the games. It's not a great look. I understand the goal. I was just looking at a tweet from Greg Doyle, who works in Indianapolis. And he was talking about the uh, field house there. And uh, he said, well, looks like it's about five or 6,000 who are going to show up. And the Pacers are one of those teams who have kind of cleared the decks, right? Kind of, but like, I don't know, and maybe this is where I come in from. I'm like kind of too close to see the whole picture. But like for Indiana, for example, I'd be excited to go to those games because you do have a good young core of basketball players. Okay, They have Tyrese Halliburton, who they traded for last year. What was their win total? Uh, 24 and a half, 23 and a half. Okay. okay. No, I get it. Like they're yeah. not good. And the prices are probably not reflective of a team. Right. They, didn't, win they didn't drop all the prices. Games. Correct. But like there is... There's something to like there, okay. right? There's Tyrese Halliburton. There's Benedict Matherin, who I think is going to be really freaking good. Chris Duarte is a solid pro, too, that they have. There's some good young core pieces that they're kind of building on. I mean, the game that I have on my laptop right now, 
It's Detroit and Orlando. I was really excited to watch this game. Not two teams are going to win a ton of games. The Pistons have a win total of 29 and a half, 30. But Orlando, like you have Calvin Caro, got a whole bunch of young guys. That front court's awesome. Franz Wachner's in there, too, along with Wendell Carter. Like That's where I wonder if, because I follow this a lot closely, and there's things that I can find to be excited about. Right. But you're that, hardcore. Right. And, that's and, and what, what you're selling here is, hey, we're in... Uh, we're on the ascent, but it's year three, and uh, you know, a couple of years from now is the goal to get into the mid forties for win. So a lot of people don't want to get in on the ground floor, and especially if the average ticket, you know, get in price for a decent seat is like seventy bucks. Yep, it's a lot of money for people. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Warriors are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some guys who they want to mix in, you know, to to make this transition. But they've still got Draymond Green, who's becoming less useful on the court and more of a pain in the ass off the court. And when you see Draymond Green knocking out one of your transition guys like Jordan Poole, that's really disturbing for for so many reasons. First of all, it's incredibly violent and out of control. And this ownership of this deal, I I just don't think Draymond gets it. He puts together this video production, a seven and a half minute video, where he's talking about how, you know, the the basically the piece is how you know, earth-shattering, the the punch was, and the, uh, people had a lot to say and analyzing it. And then he talks about dealing with, you know, the, the just the, the moment, right, for the next hour or two hours. Like, how do you repair things? But at the end of this piece, it actually turns in. It's like the natural or something. It's some cheesy sports move where you're like, he did it! He overcame all that was put in front of him. And this is, in the, like, you have to watch this. We'll let you listen to it. You got to watch this. For every defending champion, NBA opening night has a special significance. It's a one-of-a-kind ceremony and celebration. It's an experience that cannot be duplicated. The banners, the cheers, the diamonds, the memories. For Draymond, perhaps this impending one will carry extra significance as the one that conceivably almost got away. Which is so not close to the truth, because what they did to him as punishment for the punch scene around the world was basically nothing. It was, it was never really close. Like he had what? It was touch and go for a couple of days. They gave him a fine and welcomed him back and then... Uh, you know, part of the piece was some pundits, some talking head radio TV shows, and they're like, he shouldn't even be part of this freaking thing. I think you might hear that coming up, but he shouldn't be part of this thing. Like, he knew he was going to be part of it the entire time. And then that music, like this angelic triumph. I'm like, what is happening here? This is a documentary or a little piece on how Draymond has screwed up royally, and that's this is towards the end of it? Can I say really quickly before we get to the next piece of sound, this doesn't do it justice because the imagery is also part of it. There's a point where I think it, I think it's the part where he's saying he's at home, right? He's like, I'm at home, and I, and I see this blowing up. And it cuts to a shot of him like playing with his child. Yep. Like the imagery, yep. like the music. The child crutch. It, it, is, it is flat out propaganda. Yep. And I was amazed watching every second of it. it. You're thinking in your car right now, or listen, wherever you are, how ridiculous this music sounds. You've got to see it. You've got to watch it. you got to watch it. The importance of reading night is you're, you're essentially closing a chapter. You're closing the last chapter that we're about to get ready and start the next journey. That journey is complete. It's complete with a diamond ring. It's complete with a ring that says we are the best in the world. It's a very emotional night. Very emotional. 
I'm looking forward to playing. I'm looking forward to being a part of Rain Night. That's the countdown, baby. I'm out. There you go. He overcame. He did it. He did it. So let me get serious for one second. Right? Let me be Doc Cofield here. Let me let me channel Draymond a bit here as maybe someone who has some anger issues, right? Or or I know some people with anger issues, right? Some of the messages that should have come out of this with Draymond Green, again, he punched a teammate and knocked him out. It's an incredibly violent workplace incident, and it's not his only incident. He's been in bar fights in the past, on the court. He's been completely out of control at times. He's a guy who doesn't take a whole lot of accountability. Part of the audio we played a little earlier was, I don't listen to people's opinions. Well, we're off to a bad start right there. You got to listen to other people, right? You can't self-heal. You have to, you have to, li- you might not respect everyone's opinion or agree with it, but you got to listen. I, I, as I think about this situation, here's what Draymond Green should be saying. I lost control. And I often lack self-control. Like it happens way too much. Right? Mm-hmm. It does. Like he's a dangerous guy on the court because there's times he's unhinged where you're like, what is he going to do? And this was the worst. You walk up and punch a you know brother, a coworker, a teammate right in the face and knock him out? Come on. This is not me, by the way. This is Draymond Green and what he should be saying. I'm a very angry individual. And I need to get to the roots of why. Like, is he getting help? Why is he? Dude, you're making $28 million a year. You were, you're a good player. You were gifted. Like, NBA grace is here by getting to play with these guys. Why are you so freaking angry? He should also be saying, it's going to be a long time before my organization, my coaches, and my teammates, and especially Jordan Poole, should fully trust me. Like, I wouldn't trust me. Listen to me. I wouldn't trust me. None of this came across in this piece. And I'll give you the more serious one, because like I said, he used the child crutch. And people hate when I do this. But he should be saying to himself, and I need to fix this because I'm afraid for my kids both now and in the future. And what I mean by that is, is everyone safe at home? And when my kids see me behave like this, who am I going to, or who are they going to turn into? Listen, you know, for those of us who have anger issues, again, Draymond Green, not me, um, you you examine, if you really, you know, if you really look into it, what were your parents like? What were other people around you like? Like you don't, some of it, I mean, it's nature versus nurture, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of it is learned behavior and how parents and other people around you deal with strife and tough situations, so... I don't know, man. Again, I'm not Doc Cofield. I, I, I do want to be fair and play this because this was like 30 seconds of the seven and a half minutes because he does mention Jordan Poole, but I mean, it is very brief and some of the messages here were good, but I really think this, the stuff I just said should have been the piece, not, hey, I've overcome adversity. It's adversity right. that you created. There is like this, this, this dark cloud in the room and I caused that, you know, so I, I apologize to, to his family. For me, that is the task at hand to to rebuild um, trust in our locker room. I felt as a man, I felt as a leader, that I would do everything that I can to make this right or to right the ship, to help this team, to help Jordan. 
Okay. Right. I think I think that's the kind of thing you have to if you're going to do something in public to basically say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I did something terrible. I've got a lot of healing to do." Like that's got to be a lot more of that has to come out. Like essentially you have to kind of publicly shame yourself. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now like who who are these guys? You know, Draymond Green can do like, he he can't do what he wants. Mm. He's he's become a dangerous individual. He has been a dangerous individual. And if you don't think it's that serious, like a lot of I mean, I saw some of the conversation around punching Jordan Poole out, blaming Jordan Poole for, you know, if he had said something. So the resolution oh. is to walk 50 feet across a court and knock someone out. What again, what is what does Draymond do at home? What does he do with his family? What does he do when he's out in, you know, a, a crowd? Um this this whole this thing is Crazy man, I, I and I think there's a ton of tentacles that like spread out from this because this is also, as I mentioned, like this is part of that new media thing. This is Draymond Green and the company that he works for putting this video out, spinning it to the way that they would like it. I am fascinated to know, and we'll never know whether Jordan Poole realized that this was happening or if he had any input on it in any way, shape, or form. And the, this is also like coming out of all of this, right? You mentioned the way that it was covered and looked at, like how you view guys like Chris Haynes. I don't know if you like Chris Haynes, the Yahoo, or he used to work for Yahoo, now he works for Turner. One of his initial reports before we saw the video was that Jordan Poole had been acting different in camp, almost like he was asking for it because he was ready for his money. He's pretty close to some of the players. And then you see the video. So people complain about media all the time, and they want to hear from the players, right, and their sources. Well, guess what? You're not getting the full picture. You're getting what they want you to know. So stop complaining about media when this new media looks like it's got its massive flaws all on its own. Well, when you know when they started talking about new media and getting the message directly to fans, I, I said at the time, I'm like, be really careful because the experienced media does filter a lot of stuff. They will give you advice and go, hey, is this what you want out there? Because this is not a, a, a real good look at all. Uh, it's Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. It's brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company. Live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So we're done with Draymond for now. I I wish Draymond Green a lot of luck, uh, but I do see problems down the road for him uh, in terms of when basketball is done and the structure is gone. I hope it all works out for him because, uh, again, if you're in the workplace, and the reason we're talking about Draymond today, one, he got his ring last night. He was part of the ceremony. Warriors allowed him to do that. Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, who really are the bosses there. Um, I'm not going to say let bygones be bygones, but they allowed him to be part of that. And that, th- th- those are big deals. You don't ever get those back. Um, but he put out a video uh, that is just it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It doesn't there's not a whole lot of accountability, and I really mean it. Um, I hope post career when there's less structure that he doesn't have times where the the you know he loses it. Because he he does need help. And the other part of it, when I mentioned, hey, his home life, I have no idea what goes on at home, but I hope everyone's safe. And I know I've, you know, I've made this, this speech before. Um, I've been around people, you know, I've been around domestic violence and been around people who were out of control. It's they're terrible situations, you know, and mm-hmm. you see the handwriting on the wall. Sometimes I, mean, I, I think even at a bare minimum, the point that you made, which was the sound one and one that I actually feel like I had to adhere to, too, uh, because I also get angry at times, shockingly enough, um, is the fact that even if it's not to the level of abuse, it is what you show your children and what they could eventually become, mm-hmm. right? As somebody who has two young boys, as yeah. somebody who, to be very frank, has shown his anger in front of his oldest son, 
right? And realizing that that's probably not the best thing for him as he grows up. It's never directed at him. But then he grows up thinking that that is something that is normal to do when you're feeling those emotions. Even like that, at the bare minimum, is something that you know should be monitored. And it's something that I deal with as a parent myself. So Warriors on the court. So they got this really interesting dynamic. I, they're going to try to work it out, but I also kind of feel like there could be another incident uh, during the year. Um, I don't know. I mean, how does a guy police himself? He has to play walking that line. How does he police himself on the court and not like the next incident that happens on the court where he, you know, he punches someone in the nuts or elbows them in the face and, you know, or, or the, the most embarrassing one is the constant screaming Right again, a guy who does not follow rules and has no accountability. The constant screaming at the officials. Well, not even and, that. And the and the, and by the way, the leeway they give him, yeah. unlike any other player in the league, he. I mean, he's going to be able to police that this year. The Warriors aren't going to be like, all right, he's just not. He's oh. not learning. We got to move on from this. Like, like at some point, Steve, they're going to be in Detroit, right, in like the middle of January, and it's going to be a Wednesday night, and they're going to be down by like ten. And Draymond's gonna like miss a handoff or something. And yeah, like it's just gonna happen. <laughs> right. Well, and like whether it's whether it's him flipping out the way he did in Memphis, or whether it's what if it's a play between him and Poole, right? Where it, it's a misread, one of them messes up, they start chirping back and forth because they're in the middle of a seven game Eastern like East Coast road trip, and they start going at it. Like, well, those wounds don't just heal. And especially when you listen to some of Poole's comments where it's just like, yeah, it happened. Move on. Like he doesn't sound too happy, and you read a lot. You read reports. It doesn't sound like it's just like over and squashed. They're gonna win the title. No, that was quick. No, I mean the Clippers still exist. Okay, this is objective. John von Tobel speaking. As you point right. to the sky as a fan, <laughs> I mean they've got they they have some mental hurdles to get over too. Who the Clippers? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Availability. Yes. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It was a relatively serious ACL injury for Kawhi. Takes yeah. a year off to recover from it, as did Jamal Murray with his own ACL injury. He's back and fully healthy. You're going to take some games off because of load management or whatever you want to call it? Sure. Just like every other NBA team. But they're the deepest team in the NBA. They can overcome those throughout the course of regular season, and they have two of the best players on the court together. 20 seconds before we pay some bills. Who's who's the other team where you're like, man, they, they're, they're good. They're close. They could do it. Is it the Grizz? No. Philly or Denver? Even, yes, Denver. even after a loss. Okay. But, yes, Denver? Oh, dude, they're – I'm excited to watch Denver, even though the market's betting against them like crazy tonight. Against the Jazz. 364-1100. Let's give away some VGK tickets for the October 24th game against Toronto. Caller 7-364-1100. Caller 7. Jared's going to hook up. Hook you up right now. Golden Knights tickets. Come on. Call in 364-1100. It's Cofield and Company. Live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right. Rolling on. We are tracking NLCS. Seventh inning, bottom seven. San Diego is leading the Phillies. By the way, I hesitate saying San Diego all the time now because of the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, there's still a baseball team there. Denver has all the teams. Denver has a lot of sports stories. They mostly care about the Broncos. I think we have Judge Dan in from the fan, Dan Jacobs. He is a real judge. He is a legal expert. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Ah, Damn. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Damn, damn. In the voice of Florida Evans. Damn, damn, damn. 
We'll get him on here in a second. Uh, we did want to hit on a bunch of interesting stories. Uh, one is you sent over a story today about convenience stores in Florida maybe selling weed. Yeah, maybe. So this is kind of cool, right? So Circle K is the chain uh, that could potentially get these, uh, and that's what it is. You'd be able to pick up some marijuana at your local gas station. Um, this is, of course, courtesy a deal with Green Thumb Industries, one of the largest U.S. cannabis producers, to sell licensed marijuana at its Florida gasoline retailers. Partnership will begin next year with 10 of the company's 600 locations in the state. I'm down. Now, here's the thing. Probably some not great marijuana. Probably very cheap. We can get to the safety aspect of it. but uh, Yeah, that's. I don't think that's my biggest concern. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's my biggest concern. My biggest concern is there were a lot of legal hoops and, and safety measures put in by all these states. Like, this is supposed to be on the up and up, and people are professionally trained and, you know, bud tenders and all that and security. Mm-hmm. Wait, we're convenience stores, really? Uh, Judge Dan is with us. What's up, Dan? Hello, guys. So, hey, Dan, you know what? Do me a favor. Do you mind if uh, we pop you on at about 10? We're having, yeah, a little, we're having a little tech difficulty, so we'll, we'll get back with you in, in 10 minutes. Let's do that. I think it'll work out better. So in the meantime, we got a 7-4 game, San Diego and Philly. Padres are up. We got a ton of NFL coming up, so I'm gonna, I want to get the 5 o'clock hour started a little early. And again, for ESPN Reno, we archive the whole show at LVSportsNetwork.com. A couple of NFL stories, because today today's freaking jammed. And I definitely wanted your take on this one. We did a lot on yesterday's show on Jim Ursay and the Snyder Dog, right? Dan Snyder, you know, little frat guy from Maryland. Now he's a billionaire. He's got FU money. But guess what? Jim Ursay's got FU money. Everyone in the NFL, even Mark Davis, now has FU money. And when you get these billionaires together and no one ever says no to them, and we got a real issue here with Dan Snyder and workplace issues. We got threats being thrown out there. Supposedly, Dan Snyder said all these things, as chronicled by Seth Wickersham. I believe all of it. I think Seth is a really good reporter. And uh, based on Dan Snyder's behavior in the past, it is completely believable that Snyder would tell people around him that I've got dirt right. on lots of these guys, and I've hired you know a half dozen PIs to be looking in on several other owners around the National Football League. So what happened yesterday is so out of character for the ownership group around the NFL because I th- think they know that they have to keep everything in-house because if they start fracturing and everyone's going after each other, some stuff's going to come out that's incredibly, incredibly dirty. Now, there has been no one as embarrassed as an owner over the last 10 years from stories coming out than Jim Irsay. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing yesterday that the Colts owner stood up and basically said, hey, this guy is awful when it comes to workplace and the way things need to be in 2022. I think there's merit, and I think we got the votes to get him out of the league. You're a Colts fan. You follow Ursay. You know that he's got tons of skeletons in the closet. Of course. These guys got nothing to lose. Ursay's like, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. You're threatening people? You got got dirt? Okay. You're going to tell him about the time I got arrested and pulled over with some maybe nefarious narcotics in the car? You're going to tell him about that? Who cares? I'm, I'm with it, bro. 
You're going to release that picture of me looking completely blitzed out of my mind with my Super Bowl ring upside down and my pink hair? Go ahead, bro. <laughs> I kind of dig it because he's clearly one of these guys that don't like Snyder at all, right? Clearly, the no. things that we know about him, there's stuff out there probably that we don't even know about Ursay. Doesn't care. I also he's think, his bluff. I, I, rich or not, um, and this is not all human beings, but but I would say I, I'm trying to pick the right word. I don't think it's competitive is not the right word. Like all competitive people, if they're someone talks trash to them, they want to respond. Just in, just in general, if if you have someone say to you, "Hey, I'm going to get you," or "I've got dirt on you," most people are going to turtle up and go, "Okay." Turtle up's not the right word. They're actually gonna they're gonna they're gonna bow up, right? right. You're gonna puff out their chest and go, "Wait, what? Are you threatening me? You got what?" Okay. All right. Well, let's see who has dirt on who. So that was a threat. Mm-hmm. Now, as the Snyders and the DC commanders then turn to, you know, oh, it's nefarious, false media reports. How dare you believe those reports? And then also saying um, that it comes as no surprise that Ursay would speak out of turn, which, again, Ursay is probably like, okay. Yeah, take your shots. But I love that. It's it's always this threat of litigious action from Snyder and company. You know what must be terrible? And I guess making the money is great. But what must be terrible is to have to be a lackey for Dan Snyder. Because oh, you yeah. know what you're doing. Like, is it worth the money? You know what you're doing. Because he's probably done it to you. Treated you like ass. But to be one of these minions of Dan Snyder must be just gut-wrenching. How do you have respect for yourself? Mm, I don't know. Tell me how much I'm making. That's what it is, yeah. Because <laughs> I might I might be able to look myself in the mirror if, if I got a like couple it, but, commas but, in but, my paycheck. But do you lack that much confidence in yourself that you can't get a similar gig? Yeah. Or cool. or has he destroyed your ego where you know, you're just like, well, thanks, Mr. Snyder, uh, for, for making my life possible. What's no the, one else could do it. I can't do it myself. What did uh, what was the young Greyjoy's name eventually? What do they uh, what did he call him? Was it Reek? Yeah. When he, had his, when he had his wiener chopped yeah. off and he just became, he was a shell of himself. Yeah, he just, he's just got a bunch of reeks working for him. He's just broken them to the point where they just, they won't go anywhere. <laughs> well, I don't know about that part. <laughs> those would, those would be serious allegations. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. Is that serious? Dan Snyder, we have good information. He has castrated 17 of his male employees, right. past and present. And they don't want to go anywhere because of it. Uh, but I'll say this. It's also, look, I'm an analyst <laughs> guy. Reek. I think Jim Irsay is looking at the numbers being like, look, six out of 32 guys. There's an 83% chance I'm not one of these dudes he's got dirt on. Let's go. Calling him on his butt. I can't believe the threats, though. But this is what happens. Do you think that Roger Goodell will publicly punish Jim's, I almost said Jim Snyder. Uh, Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay. I was trying to hesitate with the Dan. Like, Dan Snyder's the one who needs to be admonished. Do you think that Jim Ursay is now in trouble because he spoke the truth? Of course. Right? Wouldn't it be great if we we've announced a one million dollar fine against Jim Hersey? I don't. What, what would be the like for speaking about league business in public? Right. Like they're not going to say that. Yeah, I mean, it all speaks <sighs> to the fact that he's you know Snyder's got dirt on Raj. What What will it take? You know, it's funny. It was uh, I was I look at Twitter a lot, and there's a lot of good conversations. There's a lot of crap, but there's a lot of good conversations, and. Someone was tweeting back and forth, and now I'm blanking on the freaking dude's name. Who's the former um, Green Bay Packer executive, Andrew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I'll look him up. Yeah. So, so anyway, 
Uh, Brent, Andrew Brent. Yeah, there you go. So uh, someone was tweeting back and forth with him, and then there there were some conversations about the NBA owners, to a certain degree, fear the players. The NFL owners look at the players as a nuisance. NBA players have gotten some things done by bonding together. I mean, Bobby Sarver, the owner of the Suns, is out because hell was coming from the NBA players, and even worse from a PR standpoint, it was coming from the WNBA players. Mm -hmm. And I've said this multiple times. Why or when will the players on the commanders go, you know what, we're done. Because that's what it was. Chris Paul came out and was, you know, when Chris Paul says, Hey, we're getting real close here. You know, and I, you know, the WNBA players were going eventually within a couple of weeks are going to be like, we're not playing for this guy. So we absolutely, and it happened with the Atlanta dream, right? Mm-hmm. There was a, whatever her name was, Kelly Loeffler. Um, players have power employee. Like, listen, we, as employees, you know, I love Lotus broadcast and they're awesome, but do we really have power? No, we're very replaceable. I do. When you're a pro athlete, you have power. You're not replaceable or easily replaceable in the locker. And again, I know they're trying to win football games. And Ron Rivera was even kind of melting down after the game the other day. He's just like, I'm trying to hold it together. I just don't want to deal with this. It has nothing to do with the football team. But there's got to be something that goes through whatever the number you want to see with the practice squad, with, you know, 60 plus males who have moms, sisters, wives, daughters, where they're like, I don't want to work for this guy. And on top of that, he's been a creep to me, which you know has happened. Mm-hmm. You know his interaction. He's a weirdo. He's been a creep to me. How about all of us get together and go, you know what, this week, we ain't playing. Let's get the investigation out. Let's make a determination because I don't want to work for someone like this. But for some reason, the NFL, guys won't bond together. Well, that's easy. I think it's easy to explain. So first off, so you mentioned the Sarver thing. Uh, go back to the name that you mentioned on the team. Chris Paul, right? The, next to Devin Booker, the star, not the star on the team, the star on the team next to Devin Booker, who carries a lot more weight on a roster that, by the way, is way smaller. It's a lot easier to get, what are the rosters now, 17 guys? It's a lot easier to get 17 guys potentially on the same page than it is 53, yeah, 53 guys on the same page. And the other part is, you name me, the impactful star on the Washington Commanders. Well, is it Carson Wentz? Well, I was going to say I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to jump to a conclusion that's unfair. But I actually think Carson Wentz would be one of the guys who would not be in. Well, right. But but <laughs> my overall point is which which it would be great if he was. But like my, he has a mostly good reputation. He's an upstanding guy. You know, guy of faith. Mm-hmm. Like if he was leading the way, why you need stars? I think so. At, to, to for, deliver to, the impact to, of the message? To convince people outside the organization or people or the other players? Or just do, well, I think it would be a little bit of both. But the impact of the impact of Chris Paul saying Robert Sarver needs to go yep. is a lot better than Aaron Holiday saying Robert Sarver needs to go. Because about 15 people listening to my voice just said, who? Nobody knows who Aaron Holiday is. And Terry McLaurin, he's a really good player. A lot of people still don't know who Terry McLaurin is. And that's the other part about it. NBA is so geared to its stars because this is a simple thing, but aesthetically, we see them, right? They're just in jerseys and shorts. Their faces are other things. This part like, to me is so weird, good and bad, right? that you see the faces of the NBA players, but the NFL players, because they have helmets on, we don't really know who they are. But you, you see them at times with their helmets off. So sometimes, but not all times. Not in the action. So, it's so weird, isn't it? It is weird, but I think there's something to that. 
I mean, like the, actually, one of our one of the shows you know I listen to all the time. I was listening to the Levitard podcast the other day or yesterday. They were playing a game. Who is my? Uh, is this Michael Parsons? And they were just showing Greg Cody different pictures of guys and wondering, is that Michael Parsons? Yes or no? <laughs> and like, like you think about it. I thought about it for a second. I was like, I couldn't pick out Michael Parsons out of like ten guys. Oh really? I couldn't. No, no idea. The other day, I'll be perfectly. When we started, when I started covering UNLV more full time, there was the first media availability. Three players walked up, and I'm like. I can't see their jersey numbers. I don't know who these guys are. Yeah, it, 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 I know it, it is. It is harder with football players. You don't. You don't see them helmetless. You're not paying attention to the sideline. Man, power to the people. This is great, though. More on billionaires versus billionaires. We had one owner yesterday basically tell another owner to shut the f up. Like another threat in a meeting. Let's go. We want to see old billionaires throw hands. Let's get down to this stuff. Come on. We move on to the 5 o'clock hour. You can hear the rest of the show in uh, Reno on LVSportsNetwork.com. 766-1400, the number to call. Battleborn Injury Lawyers.